You know, something's going to happen this year that only happens every four years. And I'm not talking about the presidential election, although that is going to take place this year. In 2016, we're going to elect a new president. But that's not what I'm referring to. And I'm also not talking about the Summer Olympics because that also is going to happen this year. It happens every four years. We're going to have the Summer Olympics. Well, you probably guessed it. The other thing that happens every four years is leap year. Leap year. This year is a leap year. Poor February only has 28 days. It's probably the saddest month because it says all my, my, my brothers, the other months, have either 31 days or 30. Why do I only have 28, right? Well, guess what, February? This year, you get one extra day. There's going to be a 29th day of February this year. And I don't know if we have, I don't think we have anybody here who was born on leap year, do we? If we do, you have a birthday only every four years. You stay eternally young because you only have to add one more after every four years. That's pretty good. But I was thinking about that, and seriously thinking about that, that God has given us an extra day this year. And I was asking myself, what am I going to do with that extra day that God has given me this year? And I'd like to ask you that question. What will you do with the extra day that God gives? This year, instead of having 365 days, we have 366. May the Lord challenge us to use every single day for Him and for His glory. To use every moment of our time to serve Him, to further His kingdom, to live for Him, to serve Him. That's the challenge for us. We remember in the Old Testament, Hezekiah, and how the Lord sent Isaiah the prophet to him and said, go tell Hezekiah to get his house in order because he's going to die. And Hezekiah took it hard. He wept. He turned his face to the wall, it says, and he cried and he wept. And he was a, a great king. He was one of the greatest kings of, in, in Judah. And the Lord heard his cries. He saw his heart. And he said, go back, Isaiah, and tell him I'm going to give you 15 more years, Hezekiah. Now, sadly, we look over the life of Hezekiah, and Sylvia has mentioned this in, in her messages in the past too. Sadly, those last 15 years, he didn't serve the Lord like he did in the first part of his life. He didn't use the opportunity God had given him to live 15 more years. You know, none of us probably are going to have that opportunity when our time to go is to say to the Lord, can you give me an extra day, Lord? Can you give me an extra week? How about an extra year, Lord? Or how about like Hezekiah, give me 15 more. If God was to give you that extra time, what would you do with it? Would you use it to serve Him? Would you use it to live for Him, to speak for Him? Would your life count? And so the title of our message today is Making the Most of Our Opportunities. And I was sitting there this morning in Scripture Memory class, and Jim mentions, what does he mention? Opportunities. And he was telling the story about how he had an opportunity at work to show the love of God to this lady who was yelling and screaming at him. He had done nothing wrong, and he took it, and he showed the love of Christ, and she came back humbled, and the whole thing was settled. But it's just amazing to think about the opportunities God gives us. And sadly, many times, we let them slip away. We miss those opportunities, don't we, sometimes? 
But God wants us to take advantage of every opportunity he gives us this year. Every opportunity. The big ones as well as the small ones. You know, the dictionary defines the word opportunity as a combination of circumstances favorable for the purpose. Fit time. A good chance or occasion as to advance oneself. And may the Lord help us to use our opportunities. We're going to turn today to the book of Galatians chapter 6 and verses 9 and 10. This is our main text this morning. Paul writing to the Galatians chapter 6 and verses 9 and 10. Here it says, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Sorry, I'm speaking out of the wrong one, sorry. Let's put this. Better now? Okay, very good. Sorry, Sonia, sorry, Jen. Okay, let's start over. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Today we're going to look at three simple things from this portion. Number one... There is an opportunity we're going to have this year to not give up. Because we're going to face trials this year that maybe we've never faced before. Difficulties we've never had before. Things that we're saying is going to be so overwhelming. And God doesn't let us see it yet. Because he knew we would be not able to handle it, right? If we knew what was coming. But his grace is sufficient for us for every day. And so there is that opportunity to not give up. Not to grow weary. Keep going. Secondly, there's an opportunity to do good to every person, to all men. And third, there is an opportunity to do good to those who are of the household of faith. You know, I can almost guarantee you that there's going to be times this year, there's going to be trials this year that we're going to feel like, I can't do it, I give up, I quit. Remember that boxer, Roberto Duran. He was in the fight of his life. He was fighting against uh, Sugar Ray Leonard down in New Orleans. And he made those famous words, no mas. No mas. In Spanish, it means no more. I quit. And how many people feel that way sometimes in life? I quit. I quit this job. I quit this ministry. I quit. I quit. I can't do it anymore. It's too much. Too heavy. And yet, there's going to be that opportunity to quit, to give up. But God says, use the opportunity to keep going, to be a testimony for Christ. When people see that the crisis has hit us, and they see that we endure it with God's grace and love and patience, He gives us strength. We will have a a testimony before them. We've all heard that expression, winners never quit, and quitters never win. God wants us to win. He wants us to face the adversity. He wants us to face the hard times. He wants us to face the lean times. Maybe we don't have a lot of funds. Lean times. Sorrow, failure, or defeat. And that's why when Paul writes these words to the Galatians, he says to them, He says, and let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. You know, there's going to be a blessing at the end of that rainbow. 
There's going to be a blessing. Sometimes I've ridden on BART, and it's been a rainy day, and there's been kind of the sun shining through the clouds, and I see that beautiful rainbow. And I say, that's God's rainbow. That's God's promise that never again will he bring a flood of water like that, like he did on the earth again. It's his promise. And it shows God's love in the midst of the difficulties that we're going through, that he's there for us and he cares for us. But there's also someone there in our lives that wants to bring us down, that wants to defeat us, and we know that's the devil. He wants you to give up. He wants you to quit before the blessing comes, right? He wants you to give up and just throw in the towel, and the Lord says, don't do it. He says, don't lose heart. Let's read over in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verses 16 to 17. This is one of my favorite portions of the Word of God, though I have so many favorites, but this is a tremendous portion. Paul writing to the Corinthians, he says this, therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, Yet our, the inward man is being renewed day by day. And then he says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You know, it's easy to lose heart it's easy to get discouraged. And in an audience like this today, you may be facing discouragement right now. They say after Christmas, they have, Edo mentioned it, the after Christmas blues, people get discouraged. People get down. As Christians, we have to show a 365-day Christianity, or in this case, this year, an extra day, 366. We have to show that God is with us through every circumstance, through the good times and the bad, through the victories and through the defeats, through the sorrows and through the pleasures of life, whatever it is, and we can face it if we don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. The Bible says that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And these Christians in Galatia and the Christians in Corinth, they faced some hard times. And Paul had to rebuke them for things that went on in, the, in those churches. They were struggling churches. But there, these, these words apply not only to struggling churches and struggling Christians, it applies to every Christian. Don't lose heart. Don't give up. Don't quit. The Lord Jesus taught his disciples that men ought always to pray. Luke 18.1. Men ought always to pray and not lose heart. You know, if you lose heart, it's the most terrible thing because you've lost hope. And we as Christians should never lose hope because our hope is in Jesus Christ, who is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He's the victorious one. And we shouldn't get down because whatever happens to us in life, he's allowed it for a purpose. He's going to get us through. He's our captain. He's our pilot. And he's going to take us safely to the heavenly shore. That's a great thing. And you know, the Lord Jesus spent a lot of time with his 12 disciples. He spent a lot of time praying to the Father for his disciples. And the disciples gave him 12 reasons to be happy, but they also gave him 12 reasons to be disappointed. Some of the things they said, some of the things they did, how they blew it, and you say, Lord, he loved them just like he loves us. 
And just like we can bring joy to the Lord, we can also bring some sorrow to his heart too if we're not walking in obedience to his will. If we turn away, if we say, I'm not going to go any further, I can't do this anymore, we're not trusting him. Someone once said, I quit today, but did I pray for God to help me through? But I gave in, let the devil win, and my life fell apart anew. You know, that's what happens to us if we quit. We fall apart. Yesterday, I was eating my lunch, and I was watching the, uh, a, a sports show on television before I was going to finish preparing the message. So I, I was very interested to watch. The story on TV was on the Buffalo Bills football team. Now, the Buffalo Bills football team are famous for one thing. And it, I mean, it's the first thing you think about when you, they lost not one Super Bowl. Not two Super Bowls, not even three Super Bowls, but four Super Bowls in a row. Four in a row. And they were the butt of jokes. People laughed at them. And after they won, they lost three Super Bowls in a row. They lost to the Giants. They lost to the Redskins. They lost to the Cowboys. Nobody wanted them to play in the game anymore. They said, these guys are losers. We don't want them. If they win the championship of the AFC, let the other team go ahead of them. Let the, you stay home, Buffalo, and the other team will go and represent the conference. It was sad, wasn't it? There was another team, Minnesota, that lost four Super Bowls too, but they didn't lose them in a row like Buffalo did. There was once a joke that said, how many Buffalo Bills does it take to change a flat tire? And they said, well, only only one, unless it's a blowout, and then you need four. <laughs> it's a blowout, you need four. It's terrible, and it was, the players started feeling it, and they started losing confidence, and they were trying to encourage one another. But it was amazing to me that after the first Super Bowl, the kicker missed the field goal that lost the very first Super Bowl. And they, and amazing, normally they have a parade for the team that wins the Super Bowl. Well, they had a parade in Buffalo that rivaled the parade in any other winning city, right? And the first thing they did is they handed the microphone to the kicker who missed the kick. And he said this. He said, we are going to be back in that Super Bowl again. And, he, and they were. Because why? They didn't lose heart. They didn't give up. They kept going. And they went to the second Super Bowl. They lost that one. Third Super Bowl. And then it was so discouraging, but they went to the fourth Super Bowl, and everybody was against them, and nobody wanted them to win except themselves, their coaching staff, their fans. It's amazing. But God has in store for us great things if we don't lose heart. It's not always going to be a fairy tale ending, though, is it? It's not always going to be a Hollywood ending. The Hollywood ending always has the happy ending. They ride off the white horse and everything, and they live happily ever after. Life isn't like that. And a lot of movies today that are based on true stories, they're not like that. They're coming out with a true story. Well, what is our life story? How are we going to respond? How are we going to deal with whatever happens in life? And the way we do it is by trusting the Lord, obeying Him, putting Him first, and saying, Lord, you've given me an opportunity this year. Don't let me miss it. And don't let me give up before I reach the goal. Secondly, He's given us an opportunity to do good to all men. He says in, in this portion, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all. 
Jim was mentioning that lady that was yelling at him at UPS because she didn't, they didn't have her correct phone number. She hadn't given them. They couldn't reach her, and she was mad. The same thing can happen to us in life. Many times we're blamed wrongly. We're accused. We're put down. And there's a lot of people that are hard to love and hard to deal with, but the Lord says, I'll give you the patience, I'll give you the wisdom, and I'll give you the, the faith and grace to deal with them. But God wants us to use our opportunities to witness for Him. You know, if sometimes somebody has given you a hard time, how are you going to be a blessing to them if you lose your temper and respond in kind back to them? We don't want to do it. We have to go back and say, please forgive me. I lost my temper. I was wrong. And God can restore our testimony that way. But he wants us to be able to maintain our testimony and not to lose those opportunities, not to squander those opportunities, not to miss them. You know, opportunities come and they're here for a very short moment. And if we don't take advantage of them, we're going to lose them. And days are short. What will we do with our opportunities? British statesman Winston Churchill once said, a pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity, but the optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. Isn't that great? I'll say that again. A pessimist sees the difficulty in every opportunity, but an optimist sees the opportunity in every difficulty. You know, if you think about a president who experienced a tough administration, a tough time, a tough challenge, way harder than we have nowadays, it was President Abraham Lincoln. He was facing a civil war that tore the country, literally tore it apart. But he didn't give up. He took the opportunity to keep going. And he once said, I will prepare and someday my chance will come. And Abraham Lincoln was shot and killed and assassinated after the war. And it's so sad because we could think of what opportunities he would have had had he not been assassinated. And we never know what opportunities we may have, but we trust God for them. And we know that he'll prepare us for the opportunity. And if you're prepared for the opportunity when it comes, then you're going to be ready. How do we do it? We prepare by prayer. We prepare by studying his word because somebody might ask a question about the Bible. They might ask us a, a difficult one, so we need to study the word. We need to pray and ask God's help. And then when we do that, we'll be prepared so that when something comes out random, we'll be there to share it. That's why I love the scripture memory class because we've memorized so many scriptures. They're in our heads and in our hearts. And when the time comes, God's going to use those to touch people. And it's going to be a real blessing. A lady named Sally, Sally Koch once said, great opportunities to help others seldom come. Big opportunities. But small ones surround us every day. Sometimes we walk around, I'm looking for a big thing to do for the Lord. Something big, something gigantic, right? And yet, over here, there's a little way you can be a blessing in a very small way. Are you willing to humbly take that challenge and that opportunity to be a blessing in the little tiny thing? Or are you looking for the limelight, something big, something gigantic that's going to get attention to you? We want to direct their attention to Christ, not to us. The 
focus is on him. He's the Savior. He's the one who died on the cross for our sins. He's the one who gives us eternal life. And so everything we have should be an opportunity to glorify him and tell people that it's all because of Jesus that we have these blessings. The saddest thing, though, is to miss a spiritual and eternal opportunity with someone because we were too busy. We were not concerned enough about people. We missed it. We lost it. We squandered it. It didn't happen. And sometimes you can't get it back again. Once that opportunity was missed, you can't get it back again. You may get a different one, but it'll never be exactly the same again. And God puts people together in divine appointments, and we shouldn't miss that chance to be a blessing for the Lord. I'll ask you this question. How many opportunities do you think you'll have this year? None of us knows, but certainly God knows, and he can take care of those for us. My great-uncle was an elevator operator down in Oakland at the Wakefield Building. My brother and mom know that very well. He, he went up in the elevator every day, talked to people every day. He was a blessing. He was really a blessing, and I believe he worked there for 44 years, never missed a day at work. Amazing. Great-uncle Irvin, loved the Lord. Well, this elevator operator in the Nashville Hospital once said, I'm just a nobody telling everybody about somebody who can save everybody. And I really like that because it's so true. And we can all do that. If we don't miss the opportunity, if we don't miss it, if we don't fail to take advantage of it, he wants us to take advantage of it. He says, let us do good to all, to all men that way. And especially to those who are of the household of faith. We're going to think about that for a second. God has put us in the household of faith and he wants us to use our opportunities to serve him. Right in our own backyard. You know, a lot of people will say, oh, I want to be a missionary in China. I want to be a missionary in India. And I want to be a missionary in the Middle East or wherever it is. And there's nothing wrong with that and God can use you, but you've got to ask him to use you now in your own backyard, in your own home, in your own neighborhood, in your own office or school or classroom or wherever you are. And God says there's opportunities there to be a blessing. I think it's a great opportunity you kids have that are going to the Berean Christian High School. I believe there's, what, four or five that are all going to school together at that school and, and to be an encouragement to one another. The Bible says iron sharpens iron and we should encourage one another and that's a way we can do good to each other is to be an encourager. We never like to be around people who pour cold water on others, right? Unless you're a coach that wins the Super Bowl or whatever and they pour the Gatorade on you and everything. That, they don't mind that. But when somebody is pouring cold water on a situation, it means they're discouraging. They put you down. They're, not, they're, they're talking about your mistakes, your errors, you blew it, this and that. But an encourager doesn't minimize it, but says, look, now you can change. Now you can go on. Now you can do this differently. That's what an encourager does. And I praise God in our church, we have many encouragers. Many people like Barnabas of old in the, in the New Testament book of Acts. He was an encourager. He was the son of encouragement. And we should be that way too. I got the most beautiful card from some family in, in our church and they were thanking me for my card and different things and I was just so blessed by it. And you know, you never realize if you write a card or if you send an email or you send a text to somebody, how that can cheer them up. 
It can make their day. You don't know what tough times they might be going through and then they get a word of encouragement. It just blesses them. It lifts them up out of that difficulty they were going through. And that's a tremendous encouragement to have that ministry of encouragement. Christ loved us with an everlasting love and he wants us to love each other that way too. And when we do that, we can be a blessing. You know, there's opportunities to serve in the church today, but it's going to sometimes require long hours, hard work, much money put in, and little appreciation. But the Lord in heaven sees it all. He sees it. And whatever we give, whatever we do, whatever, however we help, he's going, to, he's going to reward us. Maybe nobody will thank you for it. Maybe nobody will show appreciation for what you do. He does. He doesn't forget. He records it. I'm going to give that blessing to Ken for what he did. I'm going to give that blessing to Janie for those visits to Chuck and his family. I'm going to give the blessing to Shauna for those students that she ministers to, and so on. All through our congregation, we all have an impact we can make on people if we say, Lord, let me take advantage of the opportunities you've given me. Just like the person, remember when the Lord gave out those, those talents, one went, took his talent, made more talents. The second one, the same thing. But the third one, what did he do? He buried it in the ground. May the Lord help us not to bury our talents in the ground or bury our opportunities in the sand, but to use them for the glory of God. One person uh, knocked at the lazy man's door and he told him of a position he could get by going after it. Hmm, said the man. It appears that considerable effort will be involved. Oh yes, said the neighbor. You will pass many sleepless nights and toilsome days, but it is good pay and a chance for advancement. Hmm, said the man. And who are you? I am opportunity. Hmm, you call yourself opportunity, but you look a lot like hard work and slam the door. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's so true. We want the opportunities, we want to do these things, we want to get the blessings, but we don't want to put in the hard work, the effort, on our knees and in our, in our difficulties and our trials. And to be a blessing, you have to be able to do that. Because knock, opportunity is going to come knocking. It's coming knocking. It's coming knocking at the door. But if you don't open it, it's going to go to the next door and somebody else will get the blessing. That's the thing about when you miss an opportunity to serve the Lord, what happens is God will raise up somebody else to do it. It won't go undone, but you'll lose the blessing of doing it. You'll lose the opportunity of serving the Lord. You'll lose that, that joy that you would have had of serving the Lord and serving the Master because you missed the opportunity. May the Lord help us not to miss the opportunities. And that's why the Holy Spirit carefully chooses the words through the Apostle Paul to do good, especially to those who are the household of faith. You know, opportunities, you might miss them. They might be gone. Someone once said, opportunities, opportunities, they are knocking at your door. If you do not answer quickly, they'll soon be around no more. And isn't that true? Yes, God wants us to take up our opportunities in 2016 with everyone, with the saved and with the unsaved. He wants us to be a blessing, and in order to do it, we have to not give up. We have to not give up, not lose heart. There's going to be a temptation to quit this year. 
whatever we are, at work or in our ministry or in our life, people quit. But the Lord says, don't lose heart. If you don't lose heart, you'll reap if you do not lose heart. The Lord's going to give you opportunities with different people this year. Maybe at work, maybe at school, maybe at the grocery store, maybe at the gas station. Don't lose the opportunity. There was one time this week, it came to me, there was a, a young man that I work with, and we were sitting and having lunch. And he saw me reading my Bible. And tell you, it's given me so many opportunities to share with people because I'm sitting there and I'm reading my Bible. And he said this. He says, Dean, you don't really believe that, do you? That, that, that there's, uh, there's mistakes in the Bible, right? There's errors in the Bible. I said, Lewis, I said, no. I said, this is God's word. There's no errors in the Bible. I said, this is God's truth. I live by it. This, it's, it's so practical. It's so... He said, oh, okay. So I planted a seed. I, I, gave, I took the opportunity. And so now, you know, it, it's great. And the Lord has given me opportunities that way through the years. And may the Lord give us an opportunity to serve one another in love. To serve one another in love. We're God's people. You know, when the Lord Jesus got down in the book of John and he washed the disciples' feet, you know what he told them afterwards? Go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. Now, he didn't mean foot washing necessarily. What he was talking about there is go out and show that same kind of service, that same kind of love and devotion to your brothers and sisters. And when you do that, you will be responding as I did to you. And that's what he gave them to do. It's an opportunity that we don't want to miss. And let's note that there are opportunities to serve every day. Every day. Can you hear the opportunity knocking? Can you hear the knocking? He's knocking on your heart today. And if you have never received Jesus Christ, that's the greatest opportunity you have today to do it. To believe that He came down from heaven. He was born in a manger, but He grew up. He went to a cross and He bore your sins and my sins on that cross. He died for us. To give us the opportunity to be saved. Tap to have eternal life, to be forgiven. It's an opportunity. It's right there in your hands. Take it now. Don't say, well, I'll have another chance. I'll have another opportunity later on. I'm still young. I'm only 25 or I'm only 30 years old or whatever it is. Or younger, 16, 15 years old, young people. We don't know how long we have. Make the commitment to Christ today. Don't miss the opportunity. I think of scripture about how, how Paul was preaching and he was talking to the, to the people and, and, and Festus, and, he, and they said, come back another time at a more opportune time. You know, there never is going to be a better chance to get saved than right now. The Spirit of God is speaking to your heart to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Don't put it off. Don't say another time, maybe tomorrow, maybe next week, maybe when I get a little older. No, make that decision today. It's an opportunity you don't want to miss. You can't miss. You can miss every opportunity in this world. But if you miss that eternal opportunity of receiving Christ, there's no other chance. That's why we have to be saved. So may the Lord help us to use our opportunities to serve among the, God's people and among the unsaved and to not lose heart no matter what happens in our lives. Shall we just pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunities that you have given us this past year of 2015. 
And Lord, we are sad to say that there, we missed some of them. I'm sure we did. But Lord, we're looking forward to the new opportunities you're going to give us in 2016. May we not lose them, Lord. May we not squander them. May we not miss them because they're for eternal benefit of others. And Lord, help us to be good servants, to be humble servants, and to use those opportunities for your glory. And so now, Lord, if there's anyone here that has not received the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, we pray that today will be the day that they open their heart's door and say, Yes, Lord, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I confess my sins to you and receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. If someone will just pray that prayer, Lord, they'll be eternally saved. And we pray they won't miss out on the opportunity. And Lord, for us as believers, help us to use our opportunities to serve, to give, to help, to be a blessing in our church and wherever you take us. And we just ask this now and give thanks to you in Jesus' precious name. Amen.